Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Today we come to one of the most mysterious books in the entire Bible, the book of Hebrews. Many believers shy away from this epistle, but given the proper keys to unlock the treasure of this book, it surely is one of the most nourishing and enlightening of all in Scripture. We have the first message today of this classic life study given by Witness Lee in July 1975, and Ron Kangas is here to lend his portion to the life study of Hebrews Thank you for coming back today to help us get into Hebrews. It's a pleasure to fellowship concerning Christ in this marvelous book. Ron, in advance of actually getting into this book, let me ask you first, what will our listeners find different or unique in this coming study of Hebrews? What will be different will be an exploration of the profound concepts the divine thoughts that are the foundation of the revelation in this book. What will be unique will be a faithful and thorough and comprehensive unveiling of the uniqueness of Christ as unveiled in the epistle to Hebrews. Another aspect of what is different or what is unique will be a serious consideration of the warning passages. Uh, There are a number of these passages in the book of Hebrews, and they point us to the fact that the coming kingdom, the coming reign of Christ on the earth for a thousand years, will be a reward not to all believers but to the faithful overcoming believers. When we put all these things together, we have what the writer of Hebrews calls a word of righteousness, a solid word. All of these messages will be very solid. On the one hand, they will supply the most mature and earnest and seeking of the believers. On the other hand, the presentation is so clear and so receivable that even the youngest and newest seeker of Christ will find much that he or she can understand, enjoy, and appropriate. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate your broad recommendation of the life study of Hebrews. As we've mentioned before, Christians will shy away, and particularly maybe those who don't feel that they're as mature as some others. But really, stay with us for this. Let's join Witness Lee with this first life study from Hebrews. The God of Hebrews says, Line my people go. The God of the Hebrews says, Let my people go. All the Hebrews have to go. The book to the Hebrews is a book so profound 
in the heavenly concept. And it is rich in the heavenly inheritance. The background of this book is crucial for anyone to get into the concept and the riches of this book. Who wrote it? To whom? It doesn't say. It is altogether a mystery. And this is why not many Christians do know this book. This book is altogether not something on the surface. It's something underneath. Something deeper. You need to dive into this book. In the early days, those saints who collect all the divine writings, they give a title. That this book was an epistle to the Hebrews. Why doesn't it say to the Jews, to the Israelites, but to the Hebrews? I started to study what is the meaning of the word Hebrew. I got to know the root of this word Hebrew means to pass over. Especially to pass over a river from one region to another. The word Hebrew means a river crosser. Abraham was a crosser. River crosser. Because he did cross that river, Euphrates, that great river separated the old region of Abraham from a new land which he had to enter. It's quite meaningful. All the land was made by God. All the things were created by God to fulfill God's purpose. We all know this. But one day, the land of Chaldee, the land of the old Babylon site, became satanic, became devilish, became demonic, became a land filled up with idols, fully usurped by God's enemy. So God came in to call Abraham out of that land. Eventually, he was led to the great river. He got over. Joshua 24 tells us, your father Abraham and the others, they all came from the other side of the great flood. A Hebrewish one from the other side of the water. Now you understand the real meaning of baptism. The world is usurped, possessed, ruined, 
corrupted by God's enemy. It is no more good for the fulfilling of God's purpose. So God's salvation is not to save you only from hell to heaven. God's salvation is to bring you out of that ruined, corrupted, usurped, possessed land by Satan. Ron, in this first message on Hebrews, we're seeing that the word Hebrews has a specific and very symbolic meaning. Why is it significant that Hebrews means river crossers? It's significant because it touches a vital and practical matter in our Christian life of pursuing the Lord. Also, it's quite crucial because it helps us to realize in what way this book really is for us. We should not regard the book and its message as limited by the historical context. If we see that, in essence, all believers in Christ are river crossers, those who need continuously to cross over from the old to the new, from the traditional to the divine, from the natural to the realm of resurrection, etc., we will realize how appropriate uh, is this emphasis on river crossing. Another vital matter is this, that it's hard to enter into the thought of this book if we are not willing to cross the river out of old religion into the newness of Christ in God's economy. This book is addressed to those who have made an initial crossing through their faith in and baptism into Christ. But those who have made this initial crossing into the new realm, the kingdom of God, need to continually, spiritually speaking, cross the river. If you are willing to be brought into a new realm and you are willing to cross the river, this book really is for you. However, if you are content with the tradition, if you are content with oldness, if you are content with the same things over and over, although you may be um, interested in certain things that are shared, it won't be as nearly as compelling as if you are willing to touch the burden in the ministry on Hebrews, and that is to go on to come forward, to cross over again and again until we are fully one with the heavenly Christ in the Holy of Holies. Ron, for those who are truly of this mind to pursue in this way, I believe there'll be a river for each of us to cross in each one of these life study messages. There's a river in this very message. If we listen in faith, we'll find ourselves on the other side. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Isn't God that we are Hebrews? Amen. We pass over that water. We cross the river. Today, everyone among us is a real river crossing. Amen. The first river crosser, the first Hebrew was Abraham. Abraham was called and passed over that great river, Euphrates, 
and enter into the land. Where on the earth God eventually built his temple. The holy land, the good land. Because eventually God's temple, God's house was built there. God stayed there. That was God's habitation on this earth. What was at the other side? Idols. Satan's word. Devilish things. But what is on this side? God's temple with God's glory. What separates these two sides? The great river. Even before Abraham, there was an old Hebrew already. Who was that? Noah. Noah also passed over the flood. The flood separated Noah from that old perverse, devilish world. And the flood ushered Noah into a new land where he built the altar and offered the sacrifices. The principle all through the Bible is the same thing. Noah passed over the flood. Abraham Christ, the great river. Then, how about his descendants? The children of Israel. The same principle. They crossed the water of the Red Sea. And what was going on at this side? The building of God's tabernacle. Forty years in the wilderness, at this side of the river, there was no business, even no farming, nothing. But just one simple work, building the tabernacle. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We are people from the other side. Ron, though Abraham was the first one to be called by the name Hebrew, we saw that actually he was not the first Hebrew. Noah may have had that distinction. What about us, Ron? We heard that we may not be Jews or Israelites, but we are the real Hebrews. How is it that we get included in this exclusive group? Since you mentioned Noah, let's consider his experience and see how this portrays, as 1 Peter 3 indicates, our experience of, spiritually speaking, crossing a river. Noah's crooked and perverted generation was under the righteous judgment of God because Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord and obeyed him to construct the ark. He was saved from that generation. Actually, he was saved by or through water. The water judged and destroyed the people and the activities and the things 
of that evil age. Passing through water was an action of crossing a great divide, a great separation between two eras. The very water that judged and destroyed that evil generation conveyed the ark with Noah and his family in it into a new realm, a new age, a new epoch in resurrection. So we see here the dual significance of crossing the water or crossing the river. On the one hand, that action delivers us out of the old, corrupt, dead, dark realm. On the other hand, that same action is used by God to bring us into resurrection, into newness, into freshness, into something of God's up-to-date speaking and move. Believers in Christ are, spiritually speaking, Hebrews, those who follow the pattern set by Noah and Abraham and the children of Israel to believe into Christ and be baptized into Christ and thereby experience a transfer out of the old realm which is under God's condemnation into a new realm which is under God's blessing. The Christian life begins through faith and baptism with an action of river crossing. It begins with a transfer out of something evil into something that's of the triune God himself. This establishes an essential principle for the entire Christian life. We must continually leave the old things, the things that are not compatible with God, and enter into the things that are new, the things of God's New Testament economy, the things which are God himself. So spiritually speaking, we are Hebrews in the sense that we are those who are continually having a new start, a new crossing, until we are absolutely one with the triune God in Christ. Ron, let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of our first life study of Hebrews. The first ancient Hebrew built the ark. Now the group of Hebrews were building the tabernacle. And the modern Hebrews building the church. Well, before 8.10 this morning, I didn't see that our God is the God of Hebrews. Have you ever heard this term? The God of Hebrews? I got to know for years and years the God of Abraham, the God of Israel. For years and years, I read Exodus. I didn't see the God. Aha, it's also the God of Hebrews. Let me read to you. Turn to Exodus and see the difference. Chapter 3, verse 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. 
this word was not the word to Pharaoh. This word was the word to God's people, the children of Israel. Then you read chapter nine, verse one. Then the Lord said unto Moses, "Go in unto Pharaoh, and tell him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go." When God talked to Pharaoh, God called Himself the very God of Hebrews. Pharaoh, don't you know? I'm the God of all the river crossers.、Amen. Let my people go,、Amen. Pharaoh. You have to know I am the God of the Hebrews,、Amen. the children of Israel. They became a new people,、Amen. so fresh,、Amen. and they crossed the barren water. And they got into the wilderness, and they were new people building the tabernacle in a new way. But you know, after forty years, they became old. The wilderness again became to them the second Egypt. So they need to cross the river again. The first time they crossed the Red Sea. The second time they crossed the river of Jordan, and they got into the good land. And they built it, the temple there. After generations, all of them became so old. Again, they became possessed by the enemy. Even the temple, with all its services, became utilized, usurped, possessed, ruined by the enemy of God. Then. To their surprise, all of a sudden, one man came out. Repent! What John the Baptist did? <laughs> Help them to cross the river. Get all of the old religious Jewish land. Cross the river. Be a real Hebrew. That was the real meaning of baptism to those repented Pharisees and Jews. I'm afraid many of us never got to understand baptism to such an extent. Baptism is to make you a real Hebrew. Ron, in our opening today, we talked about needing the right keys to unlock the riches of Hebrews. I think we can clearly say that today we have received the first key: river crossers. Our God is the God of the Hebrews. All those that are willing to cross another river. How about this final reference to baptism? How does this connect? God's will in carrying out His complete salvation. Is to transfer his chosen and redeemed people out of Adam into Christ, out of the old creation into the new creation. Consider the picture of the children of Israel in Egypt. 
They believed the word concerning their deliverance. They acted in faith to have the Passover. They believed that God was their deliverer. But it was not God's intention that they believe and then remain in Egypt. God's intention was that they would believe and then be transferred out of Egypt, which signifies the kingdom of Satan, and be brought into the good land of Canaan, signifying the all-inclusive Christ, who produces through our enjoyment the kingdom of God. They practiced the Passover. They left Egypt and crossed or passed through the Red Sea, which is a type of baptism. The principle is the same with the crossing of the Jordan River and also with the case of Noah. There needed to be an actual and practical and real transfer out of one realm into another realm. Baptism involves such a transfer. It is not adequate that we simply believe in Christ and stay in the old realm. We must obey the command to be baptized into Christ and by that baptism complete an act of transfer that began with our believing. In baptism and on the negative side, we leave the evil things, the things of the kingdom of Satan. And on the positive side, we are brought into the marvelous things, all of which are actually the triune God himself of God's New Testament economy. So baptism is crucial because it signifies the actual transfer. It symbolizes the crossing of the river, the passing through the water. When we are baptized, we are testifying to the whole universe. We are undergoing a tremendous transfer out of one realm, the kingdom of Satan, into another realm, the kingdom of God. This, in essence, is the significance of this first key to unlocking the riches and the profound thoughts of the book of Hebrews. Ron, we are not just faced with crossing a river once for all in our Christian life. At every stage, it seems like there's another river to cross. I believe this word today has stirred a desire to cross the river, to be with the Lord on the other side in many, many listeners. We encourage them all, stay with us through this life study of Hebrews. Thank you for being with us today, Ron. Thank you for asking me to come for this first message in a marvelous life study. And I'll remind you listening that the printed message of this first life study of Hebrews is available to you when you call our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. 888-543-3788. Or when you write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. To discover more of what Living Stream has to offer, please visit ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll be able to read over 600 titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee online and free of charge. Again, 
the website ministrybooks.org. Thanks for listening today.